I'm Deesha Filyaw, and I'm the author of The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, a collection of nine stories about Black women, sex, and the Black church. My name is Jerry Craft. I'm the author and the illustrator of the graphic novels New Kid and Class Act. My name is Ann Winter, and I am an author of children's books. I live in Austin, Texas. Hi everyone, um, thank you Gary so much for having me on. This is a huge pleasure. My name is Andre Fenton. I'm a young adult author and poet, spoken word artist from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hi Gary, thank you so much. Um, I am Andrea Wang. I write books for kids and most recently uh, my picture book, Watercress, and my debut middle grade novel, The Many. It's personal. All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of It's Personal. I'm super excited to have, um, I'm gonna call you a friend because I feel like we've been talking um, for a little while now uh, with me today. Can you uh, introduce yourself? Sure, my name is Anne Winter and I am an author of children's books. I live in Austin, Texas. And I am coming from you there with my cat right next to me. So if you hear some cat noises, that's what that is. <laughs> and I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, I have so many questions, I think, partially because as a new author, um, I've been following your journey and wondering what that looks like for you during the pandemic, because I know that is very different than um, what most authors go through for their debut books. Um, and I also want to just talk about motherhood and what's that, what that, what that is like um, seeing that you have um, kids um, yeah. as well. So um, let's start with the, just the journey of being a new author um, during the pandemic. What's, what's yeah. that been like for you? <laughs> you know, I think that I was fortunate in that I was later in the pandemic. Um, I think the people who, you know, when we first got into the pandemic, I have some friends who had books come out when we were still figuring out what being in a pandemic looked like. And I thought I thought that was incredibly hard. You know, I feel like a lot of books got lost in the news cycle, got lost in kind of everybody's trying to scramble and figure out what their lives look like now. And now we've kind of settled into it in a weird way. So yes, my books came out in the pandemic, but I think the bigger challenge maybe for the people whose books have come out around the same time have been the supply chain issues. Um, which, you know, is just something that is obviously affected by the pandemic, but a lot of people I know have had their pub dates pushed back sometimes significantly or kind of been out of stock. I think my book is out of stock in a lot of places right now and not been able to, to restock in time for something uh, that maybe their book has a timely element. So I feel like those have been the big challenges for like my era of the pandemic, which sounds so weird to say. Um, but the other part of it, you know, the everything being remote, um, now it, I just feel almost used to it. And it feels like the challenge will be going back to in-person now. <laughs> you know, I was just talking to somebody about how when there's an in-person conference, you know, a big in-person conference, all these people who we've I've only known virtually, once we get in the same room, I just feel like it's going to be like a bunch of screaming <laughs> to see each other in real life and not knowing how to handle it and not being able to even contain that excitement. So um, 
yeah, and, and school visits, you know, I've, I've done, I did one in-person school visit at my kid's school, but other than that, most of my, all of my events, everything has been virtual. So um, it feels almost natural, which is so strange to say. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that's, it's, it's almost like a, a gift and a curse because I find that being online, you can reach so many more places in X amount of time um, versus traveling, um, et cetera. So it's almost a gift and a curse because people are, you're more accessible now. Like people right. believe that you can do so much now that you can just be online, but people also forget that being online is extremely exhausting as yes. well. Um, so I want to just congratulate you for doing all of that because I know it's um, not easy and having kids and continuing to write and promote and all those things. So I want to congratulate you on all of those things. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I should ask before that question anyway, like how are things going in regards to, I guess, um, the pandemic and the situation of the world right now? Because I know just everyone as a family, um, as an individual um, is going through something. So I just want to hope, I hope that you are doing well. I hope your family's doing well. Um, I just hope things are, are going okay for you. Yeah, they've been, you know, pretty good. We've been fortunate. We were sick over the holidays. We did have COVID over the holidays, my immediate family, but thankfully we got through it. Um, and yeah, just trying to keep other people safe, trying to, again, navigate the ever-changing new situations of the pandemic. And especially while being a parent can be really stressful. So, mm -hmm. but, but like I said, we've been fortunate. Yeah, I think I'm thankful to hear that. Can you tell us a little bit about um, some of the things you do outside of, of writing? What are some things people wouldn't know about you? Um, I am a very off and on runner. <laughs> uh, it's very off and on, like off for a decade, just now back on. So we'll see, that might not be true in a year, but right now I'm training for a half marathon, which would be my first one I've run in 11 years. So fingers crossed that it continues to go well so far so good um what else do I do for fun goodness no it's almost like hard to think of things uh reading is a big one um being outside I won't, I won't say I'm outdoorsy I'm not great at camping it's not something I'm good at but just you know long walks I'm able to walk to a library which I always love um and I'm I enjoy playing music, even though I'm not an accomplished musician. I, I have a little ukulele and I would just like to learn. I'm hoping in this in this year to to go a little further with that. Like right now, That's I'm kind awesome. of very dipping my toes in and learning a little song here and there, but I'd like to, to go deeper with that. That is so awesome. I'm not a music person at all, but I always, well, you know what I used to be and I look back and I wish I would have continued um, but I'm so happy to hear that. Are your kids into music? Are they like watching you? Um, my my older son just started piano lessons because my my mother plays the piano and my parents actually met as music majors. So we have a lot of music in our family. Um, so hopefully it hits the next generation a little stronger than it hit this one. Um, mm -hmm. what what music do you used to do? I used to play piano as well. Oh nice. Yeah, nice. I think I played for seven years I think um well, but not long enough I think I started really early and then as I continued 
to get into sports in middle school and high school. I gradually stopped playing, which I wish I wouldn't have now. Um, but I can dabble a little bit, but not as much as I wish I could. Yeah, I can do very little on the piano. I took it, my mom tried with me, and I also took violin lessons, which, whew, that was even worse. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. And can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing? Um, what did it look like for you um, as an eight or nine-year-old? Was writing something you've always wanted to do? Um, do you have siblings? Um, what did your upbringing look like? Yeah, I've got three older brothers, but they're much older than me. So the youngest one is 11 years older than me, and the oldest one is 17 years older than me. So I had siblings, but sometimes I felt like an only child because I was the only you know, young child in the house. Um, and there was a lot of music because my mom was always playing the piano or the organ. And then at one point she started taking, um, like, I think she started taking violin lessons too at some point. So there was a lot of music in the house. I did a lot of reading. I was a big reader. And I remember in my, in my elementary school, we read a lot of poetry. So I thought maybe I would be a poet when I grew up. We read a lot of Langston Hughes. And I was like, okay, I, I think I can be a poet. And I wrote a poem that was published in our elementary school newsletter about a mouse in a house. <laughs> and uh, very original. Um, but then once I got old, older and started reading chapter books, I thought, this is what I'm going to write. And then I got really into theater and I was like, no, I'm going to write plays. So I always wanted to write, but it changed in terms of what I thought I was going to write. Wow. Well, can you tell us a little bit about your um, revising process? I know that everyone has uh, different ways they like to revise, but I think it's just so important to, to, to talk about, especially as um, a writer, because kids, for the most part, don't like revising. Uh, and I think it's something that we as teachers should um, try to normalize as much as possible because as an author, you know that the revising process is extremely important. Um, having an editor, having a second, third, fourth set of eyes on something that you've created is just very, very valuable. Um, so what does your revising process look like? Um, I think it's just almost nothing that I've written has been good at first, I mean, it's like, I couldn't show this to anybody unless I did a lot of reworking of it. And so at first it's just trying to get it to a point where it's anything that's remotely okay, you know? Um, and which takes a lot, of, a lot of reworking, a lot of rewriting, a lot of revising. And then once it gets to a point where it's kind of almost there, then I kind of carry it around everywhere because I become obsessed with it and I'm like, it's like a little, you know, stone I have to polish and I keep, I read it like every 10 minutes. I'm like rereading, re if it's a picture book, rereading, rereading any chance I get and like tweaking a little word here, or changing a little thing there. So once I get like, I'd say 95% there, then it, it's like, I can't help but revise it over and over and over. But getting to the 95% point is, that's kind of the tough part because you don't know if it's going to if you're ever going to reach the point where it's good or if it's going to be something you ultimately throw out, you know, and you, you can't see, you don't have the blueprint. You're just like navigating in the dark, but, but you have no choice because it's not good yet. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. And I 
kind of go through the same process. I think when I'm trying to create something, I think initially we all have like really great ideas. Um, yeah. And first spark, you get so excited to sit down and figure out what that looks like. But when you get in the weeds, I think that's when it gets a little bit harder. And, and I don't want to say you have to have thicker skin, but you have to be able to sit with being like uncomfortable with the idea of, you know what, today you might just get a word in and okay. it's okay. Um, I think as um, you talk to kids about it, I think they need to know as well. Like sometimes you're going to be writing in class and the words aren't there and right. it's okay. It's normal that today wasn't a day where you put something on the paper and that doesn't mean it was necessarily a bad day. It could have been a really great word or a really good sentence or some brainstorming, etc. Um, because it's normal. Right, we, yeah. we don't make work, um, writing or art or anything within days, within weeks. Right, it takes a very, very long process. So, I'm just thank you, thank you for sharing that because I think that'll be very important to share with not just other authors but but kids as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, can you tell me a little bit about motherhood? We we're talking about your kids earlier um, and the different age ranges. Um, I've worked very closely with um, seven, eight-year-olds, um, and I know what they're going through. Um, what is it like to have um, kids at home in that process for you in regards to being a mother? Yeah, so my kids are just turned five and about to turn seven, and they are like just—it's—it's it's amazing how quickly we progress from stage to stage. Um, it makes it hard to schedule things or kind of organize your life because it's like every six months I feel like looks very very different uh, in this stage my kids are both really avid readers independent readers so kind of <laughs> I'm trying to hold on to the me reading to them at bedtime but sometimes one of them will be reading their own thing instead of listening to what I'm reading which is a little bit sad but it's also wonderful um, that they're so into the book that they're reading um, and just, you know, I think there's also the, the phases they go through get enhanced or complicated, have been enhanced or complicated by the pandemic. Um, just now we're out of school, now we're in school, that the rapid changes I've seen every few months is just kind of, it's, it's really keeping me on my toes, but um, it definitely informs my writing and it, it's a joy to be to be involved with, to be reading the same books that they're reading, you know, to get mm -hmm. to revisit my old favorites and discover new favorites with them and talk about things with them and, and see what's going on with them and their friends and, and their concerns and the things that are bringing them joy um, and letting that inform my writing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. And I think it's so cool that they're being able to just watch your process as well as they get older. Um, they must start to have so many questions about mom and the work that she's doing. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I I mean, I think for a while, because they saw, they would, I would read my manuscript to them of everybody in the red brick building and they were, they didn't get it because they were very young. They were an infant and two years old. And so they kept looking for the the images and the illustrations and I was like no there's no there's nothing yet it's just the words and they're like trying to turn the page or like move things on the computer to try to find the, <laughs> the images 
now they kind of understand the process more. Um, <laughs> that, you know, I'm the one who writes the words and they know that I'm not the one who makes the artwork. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. I went to their school and I think, at least for my older son, I don't think he really thought it was a big deal that I write books until I showed up at his school and did a presentation. And he was like, oh, whereas my younger son is, he is like, oh my gosh, he's always pushing the book. Like, it, I feel like he's always trying to sell my books to people. <laughs> Walk past somebody on the street. He's like, this is my mom. Her name is Ann Winter. Her books are everybody in the red brick building. <laughs> or if we go to a bookstore, like I took them, I was taking them to bookstores when I was doing my signings. And I was like, you can get one book. And my younger son just wanted to buy my book that we, like one of the copies we just signed. And I was like, no, we have enough copies at home. Like, let's buy a different one. <laughs> but he's just really into my books, which is so sweet. It is so adorable. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so adorable. I think with him, I think both of them obviously are at a time now where they're going to remember a lot of these things. So I think it's just so cool that they're going to be able to have these memories like cemented in their their minds through these experiences because like especially with the debut book like that's like once in a lifetime right um and they're gonna be able to really talk about these experiences and possibly like you never know like it may grow on them and they may come and become um levels of literature whether it's through reading writing teaching whatever the case may be as well so that's really cool that's really really Mm -hmm. cool and I just have a couple more questions for you. Sure. Um, I think my second to last question is, um, what are you reading right now, if anything? Um, or what are some, who are some authors that inspire you? We have been reading aloud um, the Jasmine Taguchi books and really, really loving those. Um, I lately have been like, as for adult books, I've been, I'm usually not a romance person, but I've been reading some Jasmine Guillory. I think like when I was sick over the holidays, I just needed something very comforting and something I knew was going to end happily and <laughs> to mm-hmm. see people being happy. So I've been really just going through her books really quickly and loving them. Um, a picture book that they are really into right now is When I Wake Up, illustrated by Jessica Bagley. And I think the author's name is Seth Fishman. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, you know, a kid waking up and going through these different possibilities of what they could do after they wake up. So one is like, he makes himself breakfast. It's cereal, he puts in a bunch of like marshmallows, he gets sick. One is he builds, you know, a a city from blocks. Um, And so they act out all the different possibilities, which is really fun. It's kind of like, you know, the same feeling you get from a choose your own adventure book, but for Mm -hmm. a younger audience. Um, and I'm also trying to read more middle grade because I haven't been reading as much middle grade over the years, but I would like to write some middle grade, so I need to really get mm-hmm. on that. Um, so I have, oh, I have so many things on <laughs> on my bedside table, Red, White, and Whole, and Hello so Universe, and yeah, also looking for recommendations. I have a long and growing list, but I would love to know your favorites too. Yeah, I'll do. You know, I'll send you some. One of my favorites that I always read. I've read for the last three or four years with my um, third graders is *The Bridge Home* by Padma, um, and she is just such a phenomenal um, writer. And it's a, I'd say it's a middle grade book, um, but you can definitely read it with um, your oldest son because I think it's 
one of those books that just like touches your heart so much. Um, some of the events in the book are based on things that have happened um, in her life and it's just, it's just so beautiful. She has a second book, um, a companion book to that called um, Born Behind Bars. Um, and likewise, both of them are just such beautiful books. Um, but I'll send you a list, don't worry. I'll send oh, you yes. a list. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just and, finished, I think it's, is it just Starfish? I think it's Starfish. They're so good, so good. Mm -hmm. I haven't read that one yet, but I have read um, Red, White, and Hole in another book that will just get your tissues out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get ready. <laughs> Oh, and the last question I have for you is um, any advice for new um, up-and-coming writers, kids who want to be writers, um, what would you say to them if they are very new on this journey? Um, I would say try to try to find opportunities to kind of stretch yourself. Um, I know when I was young, when I was, I think I was in I guess I was in eighth grade there was a writing competition a short story competition and we all had to enter it for English class and I wrote a terrible story it was so bad but it was different from what I experienced before because I had to finish something I think I had just been starting things and starting things and starting things and never actually completing anything so it was a really nice exercise in just knowing that I could complete something even if it was really bad and I think I kind of had to get over that hump of, of, of not giving up in order to, to make progress with other, other things I was having trouble with later on. So if there's an opportunity, like if there's a class, I remember I joined um, on a kind of randomly, I joined this uh, theater group class that my friend was going to, she needed a ride and it happened to be the playwriting day. And they were like, go home and write a play with a 10 minute play with these you know, these are the, the things you need to include. And so I had a reason to bring something back the next day or the next week. Um, and it ended up getting performed somewhere. So mm -hmm. having those opportunities or looking for those opportunities, maybe even if you're a little bit scared, finding a class or even just like a teacher or a mentor who will push you to, to finish something or push you a little bit past your comfort zone when it comes to writing um, can be really helpful at those early stages. Mm -hmm. That's great advice, and I think it's so important to have people that you believe in, um, people that you can talk to, um, and like you said, just don't be afraid to make the mistakes early on um, and throughout the process because it's just natural and normal to not know what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing with this middle grade novel. I need to just like get to it and make a bunch of mistakes because that's the only way it's going to get done. Likewise, likewise. And I want to thank you so much for just hanging out um, and giving me the opportunity to um, chat with you today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you.